Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Mercedes are giving it an absolute brilliant go here. They really have. But Ferrari have controlled this race from the front. And Carlos Sainz, who started on pole and didn't get the win in Monza, does it tonight in Singapore. Bravo. Take a bow. What a thrilling end to that Grand Prix. This is my first smooth operation in Ferrari. Smooth operation. Money FM 89.3. It is Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Dacker together with Zia Urausch. And on the back of the Singapore Grand Prix 2023. Yes, we are the the day after the night before, right? It's exciting. <laughs> and it was a smooth operation from one Carlos Sainz to get his first victory in the famous red of the Scuderia. What a night. What a night for Carlos. And what a Grand Prix. Yeah, it, it is true. I mean, you know, it's, it's nice that uh, we didn't have the usual suspects uh, on the podium. It was also nice to see tactics at play, right? I watched it from home, as I normally do on the on the race day, and it was nice to see those tactics in play and that nail-biting experience towards the end. Well, more nail-biting for George Russell. Yeah, it certainly was. I think the first 30 laps can be quickly forgotten about, but it really sprung to life in the final 30 laps when Mercedes did that double-stack pit stop. George Hamilton closing in on the top four for a while. You thought George might overtake Lando and then that's Singapore for you, right? That's why when we did the preview, we heard from the drivers last week as well. They say it's unforgiving and there was no forgiveness for George, who was a bundle of tears after because he felt it was a rookie mistake. But we're not here to describe, uh, talk about tears of sadness. We're here to talk about tears of joy. And this is Carlos Sainz speaking after his first victory for Scuderia Ferrari. The feeling of doing everything perfect and executing a perfect race and a perfect weekend is uh, incredible. And uh, yeah, it was a high pressure, high high tension environment, but I loved every single minute of it. And I love that the, my strategy, my plan and uh, the work that the, the team did uh, was, was well executed and we, we won this race. You have an idea, you have uh, your plans, you have your time to think. Obviously, I was doing well physically and this allows you to, to, to think a bit out of the box when you're uh, not, not breathing too heavy and, and when you're relaxed and this weekend I was comfortable and relaxed enough to, to do that. Can you imagine the scenes in Maranello right now? I want to see them and I want to see how, how good it is because I I'm hope everyone is happy. Ferrari driver Carlos Sainz on the back of his uh, victory at the Singapore Grand Prix. Was it all about doing everything perfect or did luck come into play? Come on, tell me. At some point, you thought Lando Norris was still Carlos Sainz's partner. Yeah, that that was the beauty of it, right? But that was brilliant, right? The way he backed up, used Lando Norris as a bit of a shield. And the moment George Russell started to attack the McLaren... He zooms ahead. Yeah, exactly. And that shows Carlos's experience almost to have that trust himself. As he said there, he felt like he could manage it. I guess hindsight is twenty twenty, but he managed it to perfection in that mm. sense where I think Ferrari tailored their race strategy for Carlos to come out on top because okay. at the start they sacrificed Charles Leclerc as well. But then it fell into Carlos's hands because Charles, by the way of a bad pit stop, was far back, not there to protect him anymore. Yeah. But why not use your former teammate like he did use Lando Norris to protect him? And I must say, Carlos Sainz deserved it. You talk about <laughs> luck playing a part. I think, of course, I, 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 I'm not sure. I guess in terms of safety car, luck played a part for you Mercedes. Must, you must have like one percent luck. Exactly, and I think, I think. That's why Carlos, nobody can begrudge him this victory almost. He's like coming back in the second half of the season and doing so well. Maybe luck played a part, a bigger part for Mercedes who Ooh. almost closed in on a double podium finish. Yeah. And I couldn't resist but try and catch up with Toto Wolff himself in terms of what this means for Mercedes and 
the rest of the season. Toto, good day for Mercedes. Almost, almost won it. How are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good. It was a great, it was a, overall a great weekend. You know, we went for the win with a bold strategy. We finished third, uh, but um, overall the pace was there. And George is okay? George is okay, yeah, absolutely. And what does this mean for the rest of the season? Red Bull are not going to be unbeaten. How good does this feel for Mercedes, for Ferrari? Um, yeah, at least it's not the perfect uh, score. Uh, if it's not us, then I'm happy that Ferrari won. And looking ahead to next year, are Mercedes going to come back stronger? Yeah, absolutely. We have to. I think we had a really good performance this year. That means it's not all bad. And we're just going to give it all we have. All the best, Toto. Good speaking to you. Dr. Marco, as surprised by Red Bull's struggle here as me? Uh, yes, we started in qualifying. We still don't know the exact reasons. But when we changed to the medium tyre in the race, Max was by far the fastest car. So we are optimistic again that we have an idea what went wrong. And how is Max feeling? He came into this 10 wins in a row, was hoping to make it 11. And obviously Red Bull were hoping to go the season unbeaten, but that's no more. Uh, we knew that it will end one or the other day. So now it's, let's say, the pressure is taken away and we focus on winning the championship 1-2. And Red Bull back in business in Japan, is that the hope? Yes, and we are sure that we will be in old form. And looking ahead to 2024, will we see Checo? Of course, he has a contract for 2024. Thank you, Dr. Thank Marco. You. All the best. Dr. Marco Helmut uh, from Red Bull Racing. Now it's a good catch-up uh, you got there, uh, Raushan. But uh, you know, I got to admit, um, <laughs> as much as it was surprising to see the Red Bulls not do as well, I think everyone welcomed it. Because yeah. it was proper old-fashioned racing out there. Exactly. And Lewis Hamilton said as much, right? In his post-match, he said, uh, post-race rather, he said, this is what racing should be about. Like yeah. going toe-to-toe, drivers having a level playing field to get the job done. And... And I can understand Helmut's disappointment almost that Red Bull didn't show up. But like Toto said earlier, this was proper racing. Mm. This is what it should be about. And I think the fans obliged because a lot of noise was made in the yeah. grandstand in terms of the racing, the excitement, especially after qualifying Saturday. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a good race. Um, and, and we will talk about other aspects of the race, especially the point where, you know, is Formula 1 getting boring? We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. But, uh, you know, I, I think... I think we keep our reputation, Singapore, you know, in the sense that this is a track where there will be drama. Um, of course, you know, people are wondering if or not, you know, the Singapore Grand Prix will be extended. But after last night, do you think that we're still somewhat one of the crown jewels of the calendar? I think we, we are. We, we certainly are. You talk about drama. Sometimes it's weather-induced. Sometimes it's safety car-induced. Yeah. But either way, drama is for certain. And... Singapore is on the calendar, maybe not the favourite child anymore because of the rise of Vegas and Miami. Of course, but, sure. but I think, it, to answer your question, I think it remains one of the important races yeah. purely because not just from a racing perspective, but the number of people I saw up and down the paddock, important people, this mm. is, it seems like a marketing mecca almost yeah, for, yeah. for to host clients, yeah. to have the glitz yeah. and glam of it. So I think Singapore will remain. But... For those of you listening in and are new to Formula One, you might know this voice you're about to hear. It's Will Buxton, who's on the face of Drive to Survive as well as Formula One TV. Here's what he had to say about the weekend in the Lion City. Will, good weekend in Singapore? Great weekend in Singapore. Unless you're Red Bull, then it wasn't quite so good. But yeah, fantastic. Honestly, this event just gets better every single year. There's always so much intrigue in this race, in this track. It can trip up 
the most mighty. We saw it with Mercedes. Now we've seen it with Red Bull. And here we are, the first, uh, first non-Red Bull win of the year, the perfect season at an end. Completely crazy. Talk to me about that Red Bull dominance being broken. We saw Max on the radio yesterday, visibly upset with his qualifying. How is he going to bounce back from this? I think they'll bounce back. I think this is a circuit-specific issue. They just didn't get the car in the window, and they were chasing their tails. It's something we're not used to seeing from them, this perfect team that doesn't make mistakes. All of a sudden, they couldn't get the car in the window. They made a wrong choice. They took a risk for qualifying. It was the wrong way to go. But the car came alive in the Grand Prix. Now, had things worked out differently, had the safety car come out at a different part of the race, there's every chance Red Bull could have been on the podium. There's every chance they could have won, genuinely. But instead, we got treated to a really crazy race, one which started off looking like the most confusing, boring, non-race And then it suddenly became clear that this was very, very clever. And particularly from Ferrari, particularly from Carlos Sainz, to manage the tyres, to keep them to the end. And ultimately then for Carlos to have the wherewithal, the intelligence, to back up Lando Norris into the Mercedes drivers and bring home a famous win. It was incredible. And DC asked Carlos after everything was done that Carlos after the break seems switched on, seems ready to go. What's it about him? I think he's just comfortable in his shoes, comfortable in his place in the team. The team is listening to him. He's always been the one that's made the calls on the radio. He doesn't go blindly with what the team tells him. He makes the calls. And he's stepping out of the shadow. And that shadow is is Charles Leclerc's shadow, you know? Ferrari and Charles Leclerc have this long history. Mm. Carlos is a new guy there. He is becoming more and more ingrained in the fabric of what that team is. I think he and Charles will be there together as teammates for a long time into the future. Happy times at Ferrari. Final question from me. We come back to the Singapore Grand Prix. You talk about it being a mega event. Yeah. Well, there's Vegas. There's Miami. Is Singapore still as exciting to an observer like you? I think so. It's the original night race. There's something very unique about it. There's something very special about the city. Um, I love the people here. I love the food. I love everything about it. It's great. You know, we've been coming here for such a long time now. And uh, I look forward. I relish every time we get to come back. It's... Uh, It's such a special place. Cheers, Will. We can't wait to have you back in 2024. See you soon. I'll see you soon, buddy. Well, you're asking your friends to say nice things about your country. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I did not force him to say that. I mean, don't take it from me. Take it from an objective observer like Will Buxton, who, mind you, travels to all 23 races. So for him to hold Singapore in such high regard, maybe he was being nice or maybe he was being honest, but you can tell he he and the rest of the paddock love being here. Yeah. In fact, a couple of the former journalists I know caught up with, I caught up with, mentioned this was one they really missed during the pandemic yeah. as well. So we returned yeah. after the pandemic last year. This year was in full flow. So I, I think Singapore is here to stay. I, I thought it was fantastic. And as a race, you know, once again, delivering a surprise. And I'm, I'm very happy for Carlos Sainz because if you watch Drive to Survive, the man wants to be the next Fernando Alonso. He's in a Ferrari. He's on track to, you know, to get there one day. Uh, pity about Alonso's position in the end. But... Uh, uh, hey, it's Singapore. Yeah, exactly. Singapore's unforgiving that way, like we touched on earlier. But I think Carlos is in a good way, like we'll touched on finding his feet at Ferrari, and Ferrari is a very, very different kettle of fish, right? Mm. So to to talk about that that Red Bull dominance being yep. broken by a team Ferrari, I think it clearly answered the question we've been asking all weekend: is F1 boring? And I put that same question to a couple of fans. Here's what they had to say. I mean, I would say that uh F1 is becoming a little bit boring. I mean, obviously, Max is a wonderful driver and 
uh, the car he has, he has been putting it to good use and getting the wins. But I mean, F1 does need a little bit more of a competitive edge to the sport, and we need more competition between more teams to keep the fans streaming in and keeping the sport to be keeping the sport uh, as engaging as it should be. So I think yes, it is becoming a little bit boring for sure. I don't think F1 is getting boring because with each country, there's different track, different circuits, so. That definitely spices things up a little bit, so and which makes the car performing a little different each time. So as you can see from Singapore's quali and then the Grand Prix result, we never know what to expect. F one is always very exciting. We always don't know what's around the corner. So yeah, I definitely don't think it's getting boring at all. But for F one, there's always had periods of dominance by certain teams. It's okay. Uh, it's Red Bull's turn. And eventually, it'll switch out. Remember the Vettel era? Yeah, that was terrible. And has F1 gotten boring with Red Bull Racing's dominance and um, wins? I definitely feel like F1 has gotten a bit repetitive this year with their dominance. Um, surprisingly, a lot of fans around us cheered when the Red Bull drivers were out of the qualifying, which made me think that people are hoping for new teams and drivers to kind of come out on top and win. I don't think F1 has become boring with Red Bull's uh, dominance. I think it's just made everyone want to try harder to get to Red Bull's level, and it's quite fun. This weekend, we saw how competitive Mercedes was, how competitive Ferrari is becoming. So I think it's just going to get more exciting. I'm excited to see how they try to curb Max's dominance. Split? Yeah, clearly a split, right? I wasn't keeping count, but I think 3-3 or something like that. And that was overall the sense of it. But I think those sitting on the fence might have been persuaded to go to that not-so-boring side after yesterday's result. Well, it was nice to hear a lot of local voices in it as well because it is our Grand Prix as much as uh, one would argue it uh, caters to tourists coming in. It's supposed to help that economy. Uh, But, you know, it helps when you air the race on free-to-air. It really gets an entire country in the mood. Yeah, it certainly does. And I think... In a country, I'm just going to say this, where not a lot of things are free. When you get to watch the Grand Prix for free, everybody's going to take it. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.